0: Hello, and welcome to Stories from India. This is a podcast where we talk about myths, legends, and folk tales from India. I am your host, Narad Muni, and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present, and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So, the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode, we are talking about a boy who, against all odds, cheated death. In every typical medieval Indian family, there was usually one person who was obsessed with trying to raise the family status several levels above what it was. We go to just such a family in an unnamed village. The patriarch of the family was a scholar, and that already set him apart from the masses. But he wanted more. He wanted the crops from his farm to be brimming with gold, and his treasury to be full of vegetables. Or maybe it's the other way around. He wanted his farm to be full of vegetables and his treasury full of gold. Personally, I don't agree with most people who give much more importance to gold over food. I mean, have you tried eating gold? It's so metallic tasting and it can hurt your tongue. Anyway, whatever his motivation, the head of this family cared about ensuring prosperity for himself. And his family. I'll call him Bhautik because that means material, as in material possessions. Bhautik had several children here and there, and honestly, he lost track of how many, except during tax season when he could claim them as dependents. The responsibility of managing all of his children fell to his wife as it often did in a patriarchal society. One of those children was Nachiket. On the day our story starts, Nachiket was just a 10-year-old boy at the time. He was observing elaborate preparations being made in his house. It was offering day. It's not a real term. But The idea came from what Bhautik had heard that the gods, who are ultimately responsible for all prosperity, only help those who help others. And by help, specifically to Bhautik, that meant donating stuff. So Bhautik was engaging in a donatathon. The scholar arranged for a big tent where he had a lot of different things up for giving away. There wasn't much need to do any marketing ahead of the event. But he did put up a couple of signs saying everything must go and one day only. Of course, Bhautik wasn't really planning on donating everything. This was an early example of false advertising. Bhautik meant that everything in the tent must go, and visitors assumed he meant everything he possessed. This was not his first such donate-a-thon, and it would not be his last either, so his generosity was a bit dulled by repetition. Nachiket was on the sidelines observing things. He had done that last time as well. But maybe, back then, he wasn't old enough to appreciate some subtleties in his father's donation methods. One thing he noticed, right away, is that his father was making everyone sign a donation receipt. It was just to keep the records, he said. But the boy was certain that Bhautik would be referring to those receipts during tax season. Secondly, and more importantly, there was a pattern in the way he was donating. For example, the lamp that had a chip in the corner was included. But a matching lamp that was unbroken was not Damages and wear and tear seem to be criteria for being included in the donation pile. This extended to livestock as well. The veterinarian had said that the brown cow was too old and would not live out more than a few months. That same brown cow was in the donation tent now. The same thing happened to the goats that were old or deceased. This, according to Nachiket, was wrong. You see, Nachiketh had done a fair bit of reading for a boy his age. To the point that he pondered deeply about philosophical things. Questions like, was there an afterlife? What was the meaning of death, really? From the boy's reading of the sacred books, he was convinced that Bhautik's careful selection criteria would not land him the goodwill and blessings he had hoped for. Because the gods would be less pleased than if the donation was of Bhautik's most valuable possessions. Nachiket decided that he needed to make up for it. To right a wrong. He knew that he had little authority or ownership of the cows and other things that Baltic was donating. So, he couldn't very well just march up to the cowshed and give away the healthier ones. But, there was one thing that was in his control. His own self. Nachiket made his mind up. He walked over to Bhautik and asked, To whom will you donate me, father? Eh, what? Oh, it's you, Nachiket. Get me another one of the receipt books, will you? We seem to be running out quickly. Nachiket fetched a receipt book and then repeated his question. You? No, no, no. That's not how it works. We only donate livestock and household goods that we have no use for. We can't donate people. Why not? asked the boy. Cows too have feelings and stuff, just like people. And we are fine donating cows. They do, Bhautik acknowledged. But not as much as humans. But Nachiket would not accept that as an answer. He insisted, We are donating cows and earning goodwill. Won't you earn a lot more goodwill by donating me? This was about the time that Pautik realized he was not going to convince Nachiket with reason and logic. Maybe It was because he didn't have reason and logic on his side. But his own ego prevented him from seeing that. Bhautik did what most parents do in situations where they are unable to persuade their children. He resorted to authoritarian parenting. You can't be donated because I say so, he told the boy. But Nachiket still did not give up. He persisted, until finally, Bhautik, in a fit of rage, shouted, Then go! I donate you to Yam! There was a shocked silence all over the donation tent, which, until a moment ago, had been bustling with noise. Even the cows stopped mooing to hear this interesting plot twist. Yam is the god of death. We have encountered him before, in episode 31, in the story of Satyavan and Savitri. There was only one possible outcome after someone had been given to the god of death. And that was death. Bhautik realized his mistake right away. He had condemned his innocent 10-year-old son to death. But the boy did not act condemned. Nachiket, in fact, seemed happy. This was because he had a mission now, and everything was going to be okay. His father had donated him to Yam, and that would make up for the less-than-ideal livestock he had donated. Prosperity was practically guaranteed for this family, except for Nachiket, who would have passed on. Of course, Bhautik tried to talk Nachiket out of going to Yam, but the boy wouldn't listen. Nachiket was sure that staying back meant reneging on his word, and that would be a lot worse for Bhautik. The boy, firmly resolute in his mission, got his parents' reluctant blessing and headed for Yum's home. Now, in ancient India, if someone was trying to find Yam, they only had to go visit him. It's true that Yam made house calls whenever he needed to collect souls. But Nachiket didn't know how he could get Yum to visit him. If he just waited, that was a bit risky. What if Nachiket ended up waiting till he was very old? Yum must be a very busy person. So the boy decided that the prudent thing to do was to go to Yum himself. But there was a big problem. Yam wasn't in the phone book. There wasn't an address for him that the boy could just go to. And though Nachiket wandered here and there, he didn't know where he could find the god of death. He asked people, but they all looked at the boy as if he was crazy. Finally, after much searching, a rishi in a nearby village Told him that he thought Yum's house was just a few kilometers away. The Rishi said, Just go down the road, turn right at the elephant stables, cross the river on the wooden bridge, and you'd eventually reach a big door in the mountains. That's the entrance to Yum's palace. Nachiket made his way there. He was tired and hungry by the time he reached Yum's door. The door was a magnificent one. It looked like it was made of gold and studded with precious stones. But there was one problem with the door. It was locked and there was no doorbell. There was a knocker on the door, so Nachiket could have simply knocked. But the knocker was just a few inches out of reach. It's not that the door was made for giants. Rather, Nachiket was short, as might be expected of a 10-year-old child. There wasn't a stool or anything either, so Nachiket sighed and sat down. He could not see a way to get in or to even announce his presence to those inside. He would just have to wait until someone passed through these gates. If Yam himself was going in and coming out, that would be the perfect opportunity for Nachiket to talk to him. It was a long wait. No one was going in or out. Three days passed. Najiket was hungrier than ever. But he told himself that he could not give up now. He had to fight and survive until Yum got here. Then he stopped. Wait, if he did not survive, that would guarantee that Yum, as the god of death, would arrive here promptly. Before he could finish that thought, There was a noise, and someone arrived on the scene. It was a massive water buffalo. Nachiket was amazed at the size of this buffalo. He thought to himself that if his dad had donated an animal this size, he wouldn't be in this position today. Then his attention drifted to the top of the water buffalo. And there was Yum. Yum jumped down from the buffalo and asked, What are you doing here, Nachiket? The boy was surprised. You know who I am? He asked the god of death. Yum replied that in his business, he really needed to know everyone. It's standard KYC. Know your customer, and you haven't answered what you're doing here. So then Nachiket explained the whole story, starting with the donatathon, his father's anger, the difficult trek to death's door, and then the three whole days of waiting. Yum was appalled, not by the fact. That Bhautik had cursed Nachiket to such a fate. Nor by the fact that Nachiket had to endure such a long and arduous journey. Yam was appalled that Nachiket had gone hungry at death's door. This might seem odd. But really, it's to be expected if you consider the amount of importance placed to guess. In Indian culture, Atithi Devo Bhava is a common saying. It means guests in your home are a form of God. Yam was a God himself, but he was not about treating ordinary humans just as he expected gods to be treated. The God of Death immediately tried to make amends. He offered Nachiket three wishes. You can have anything within reason, Yum added. Straight away, he dismissed Nachi request for his soul to be harvested by Yum. It's not your time. I won't say when your time will be up, but it's not right now. I'm not going to harvest your soul. And that was that. Nachiket did not object to being given three wishes. Very selflessly, his first wish was not for himself, but for his father. Nachiket wished that Bhautik would earn all the goodwill he needed for him to have peace of mind. Yum nodded and said nothing. You could tell from a quick glance at Yum's expression that the job... Was already done. For his second wish, Nachiketh wanted to know how someone could overcome hunger and thirst. That's easy, said Yam. He then taught the boy how to perform the ritual. And from that day, in fact, that particular ritual is called the Nachiketh ritual. For his final wish, Nachiket sought knowledge. He asked Yam to explain to him if there was an afterlife. Yam was shocked. After having talked to the boy, he knew that Nachiket was smart. But this was a different level of knowledge and wisdom. Even most of the gods can't answer that question, Yam said. But Nachiket pointed out that that was all the more reason to spread the knowledge about a little bit. Yam tried to persuade Nachiket to accept riches instead. He would give him pots of gold. But the boy persisted. Yam offered him many other things, other kinds of knowledge. But the boy dug his feet in. He had a wish from Yam and that afterlife question was the only thing he needed answered. After more of this back and forth, Yam finally sighed and gave in. Under his breath, he remarked that if Nachiketa had been just as stubborn in talking to Paltik, Yam could understand why Paltik had become angry. He didn't agree with Bhautik's reaction or what he said, but... yeah. The God of Death explained the answer to Nachiket's question. He said the answer was both. There was an afterlife and there wasn't. Like a superposition of states, Asked who had been studying quantum gravity. But Yam interrupted to say, Not quite. This was conditional. There was an afterlife for some people, for those who weren't ready to break past the cyclic nature of birth, growth, old age, death, and rebirth. But those who had conquered their senses did not have to undergo rebirth. They had attained moksha, or freedom from this repetitive cycle. And in answer to Nachiket's follow-up question, Yam also explained the science a bit further, including an analogy of how the spirit or atma is different from the body, that the body perishes when someone passes away. But the Atma or soul is preserved and lives on. The five senses, sight, hearing, etc. were like horses, each wanting to go in a different direction. It was the mind that could rein in the horses and keep them in check. And also that the Atma is eternal. It is preserved and lives on, it passes on from the recently deceased to the newly about to be born. Armed with this knowledge that no one else had, Nachiket promptly returned home and spread it like wildfire. He received a hero's welcome, of course, including by Bhautik, but the boy was mostly happy about having acquired knowledge that would help him. And that would help him help others. He taught that to everyone he could in his long life. A life that was not prematurely terminated because of his brush with death. And finally, when Yum came for him several decades later, they greeted each other with great respect. Nachiket achieved moksha. His atma observed that Yam had finally put a child-friendly doorbell on his palace doors. That's it for now. Nachiket's story and his meeting with Yam might remind you of Savitri's negotiation with the very same god of death. Check out episode 31, linked in the show notes, for that story. Nachiket's father's name was Vajashravas. I called him Bhautik in the story to make it easier to pronounce. In the next episode, we'll continue the story of Chandrakanta. In a couple of previous episodes, we covered really just the beginning of this fantasy novel. Now... We'll continue to explore what happens to the prince, the princess, their ayars, and the evil minister. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories that you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at SFIPodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.